Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisty Cape. Some of you know me because she got a big booty, so I call her Big Booty. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh, hell yeah, everyone. Welcome to the show. Recording this week at Fickingham Palace. I uh, got some fresh, clean books for you this week that were all out on Wednesday, June 17th. Obviously, DC books come out on Tuesdays now, but I'm not making two trips. So, Wednesday it is. Uh, as always, we start by rating the thickness of my stack. So, let's hit up Mike's Thickometer. Oh, yeah. Mike's Thickometer. This week is just average, especially when a graphic novel is subbing in for Marvel, so it's going to be a 5 out of 10 on Mike's Thickometer. Uh, perfectly average, uh, you know, not nothing special. Some good books, uh, but, you know, nothing, uh, nothing crazy. Alright, uh, we will start this week with uh, aforementioned Marvel title, which is The Punisher. I'm doing a graphic novel called Street by Street, Block by Block. I picked it because, well, any opportunity I get to talk about Moon Knight, I'm going to take it. Uh, so, uh, this actually wound up being a really good book. Um, I It was the end of a run. I actually really hadn't read any of the other stuff uh, for this run, but it's good. It's very, very good. I might swing back and read it. Um, so the basis of this entire book is um, the Punisher is at war with Baron Zemo, and it runs deep. It runs real deep. Um, starts out with Frank being stranded, fights his way off of an island, uh, kills a whole bunch of Hydra dudes, um, and not to say they didn't deserve it. Uh, and then he comes back to New York where Zemo and Wilson Fisk have basically joined forces and enacted a new version of the Thunderbolts, and Zemo is such dick he's just such a dick in this entire run and it makes him such a good villain um he he parades around as citizen v so that way you know people don't know that he's baron zemo who's clearly a villain uh and they they really go out and start hunting the punisher um which is a problem uh they've they've had some bad blood going on here um and frank just you know protects his territory you know, he, he he doesn't like people fucking with people that are for him. So, obviously, you know, he does what he does. Uh, the Thunderbolts come in, and it, it gets real bad for Frank. Um, and he's rescued by a bunch of uh, street heroes. Uh, Night Thrasher, um, Moon Knight, my boy! Um, uh, Black Widow, as well, was in there. Uh, there's a great exchange in here with... Uh, with Moon Knight and Punisher, uh, it's just cuts so hard. Um, it's like uh, Punisher sees uh, Moon Knight and goes, "Hey, Mark, you still crazy?" Moon Knight says, "A little bit. You still murdering people?" <laughs> Punisher says, "A little bit." How's your imaginary gut? <laughs> Moon Knight says, "He's good." How's your dead family? Uh, the uh, the banter there is just is so good. Um, and then uh, there's a female, basically, version of the Punisher as well. Who's, who's walking around, uh, her name is Rachel um, uh, Cole, and uh, she, you know, her, her and Frank have a history, and, and uh, you know, and uh, then they enlist uh, Ghost Rider, and then they just go to war, man, and um, and it's just, it's badass, it's super badass, um, and, 
you know, they, they fight a bunch of the Thunderbolts and Fisk's men uh, who have really just kind of uh, been taken over by the Thunderbolts. Um, and then it ends up with, you know, uh, Frank just essentially victorious, uh, but it seems like Frank dies at the end. Uh, but he clearly doesn't. And when Fury comes looking for him, uh, Black Widow tells him, hey, man, watch your back. If he's because if he's still out there, you know, he's uh, you know, he's not too happy about you. Um, so yeah, real good book, four and a half out of five. I uh, really, really want to dive back into the rest of that run because if it's as cool as this was, uh, absolutely worth it. Probably, probably far less Moon Knight, which is a true detriment. No one deserves such little Moon Knight in their lives. Uh, moving on. To the DC titles, um, uh, we'll, we'll jump into that in just a minute. There's a whole bunch there, uh, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll start with Batman and the Outsiders. Hey, friends! Hope you're enjoying Mike's Thick Stack this week. Just wanted to let you know that if you're not already, subscribe to the Twistcast. It's a really good time and a really fun show. We talk about the news of the week. We also get into some silly hijinks and talk about some pretty cool topics. Also, if you're already subscribed and listening. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, which is a pretty sweet platform for podcasts like ours. We look forward to hearing your feedback and talking to you more in the future. Thanks, and now back to the show. All right, and we're back here. Uh, so, Batman and the Outsiders, number 13. Uh, I opted to give this a 3.5 out of 5. Um, I thought it was actually a, a really good book, um, dealing with the fallout from uh, Rachel Ghoul before. Um, now the, the art, I believe, took a little bit of a change here, um, and I like it, um, just for several reasons. Um, the black characters look more like black characters, the, the faces, the haircuts, the Asian characters look better as Asian characters. I, I just love it that there's such good representation by the artist. Um, as far as the story is concerned, you get some pretty good developments here. Uh, Lady Shiva seems to turn orphan, and um, the signal against Batman, or at least down their own path, uh, Jean Jones shows up, and anytime I get me some Martian Manhunter, I'll take it, and he's teaming with um, Batman and Black Lightning, and telling the story about a weapon that Rachel Ghoul likely has, and it ends with Batman offering uh, Jefferson an upgrade, and I'm curious to see what, what happens there. I love Black Lightning, and I love power upgrades, uh, which is why I play lots of RPGs. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I really I really enjoyed the book. Um, next, uh, I highly anticipated this, uh, this next book, uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal number one, and it is my co-DC book of the week. Um, so we'll start here. Um, it throws you in to a world that is vastly disparate. Uh, different than the one that we, we know. Um, you know, it is the actual DC universe. But something has happened and we haven't gotten there yet. Um, so as the book develops, it really centers on Wonder Woman. You can tell Scott Snyder has been wanting to just write a Wonder Woman epic for a very, very long time. Cause he does a bunch of cool stuff with her. Um, you know, Perpetua seems to have run roughshod over earth with, uh, the Batman who laughs at the helm of all that stuff for her. Um, and there's been lots of different 
um, sex, I guess, S-E-C-T-S, not S-E-X. Um, and there, I mean, it's, it's really cool because there's different lords over different, different parts of the universe. Uh, Harley Quinn, uh, yeah, watches over Arkham. Uh, obviously Aquaman has the water. Uh, Wonder Woman has the, uh, underworld. Mr. Miracle is helming uh, new apocalypse. Uh, and, and they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. They're they're trying to break Superman with the anti-life equation. Um, and Batman is still out there somewhere. And then you get a quick hint of what has happened. Um, and then, you know, uh, out comes uh, an arrow uh, with a bat symbol on it. And it's Batman. It's clearly Batman. Uh, and the Batman who laughs unleashes his, his forces on them. And uh, then... Uh, Wonder Woman returns, uh, talks to Swamp Thing, and then goes to this prison prisoner that she was just given. And it turns out it's Wally West, uh, imbued with his power from Flash Forward, which we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, so he tells basically the backstory of how the world changed and how there are these things uh, called, uh, obviously talk about crisis, uh, crises, I suppose, uh, so when that happens, you know, that's, that's something that um, they get something called crisis energy. Um, and that becomes an important piece of the rest of this moving forward. So the Batman Who Laughs shows up and uh, starts talking shit on Wonder Woman. And she ain't having it. Um, and she's been working at a forge. And uh, she's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, I basically own all this shit. And she's like, well, you know, I've been working at this forge. Um He's like, oh, you you making a weapon? You making a shield? She's like, no, I'm not making a shield. That's what Bruce would do. And he goes, are you making a, a sword? And she's like, nope, I've already made a sword. And it wouldn't be just a sword. And then she stabs him with an invisible sword, which is awesome. I absolutely love it. Uh, and then uh, there's a lot of things that change uh, as a result of his death. And uh, Batman shows up and uh, uh, comes up on Rock. Uh, this, this soldier who's, who's narrating at the very beginning, at the very end, and Batman uh, saves him. And that's the end of the issue. Um, man, this thing just cooked straight on through. It, it gives you a lot of exposition and a lot of really badass moments. Um, I can only imagine that this thing is only going to get better and better because Scott Snyder tends to know what he's doing, especially when it's a story that revolves around Batman. And clearly he loves Wonder Woman as well. Uh, I hope he writes that series uh, eventually. Next, uh, Nightwing Annual number three. I give this a three and a half out of five, too. Um, it works kind of out of continuity here. That's the point of the annuals. Um, so the very beginning and the very end are happening in present day. Um, and uh, Nightwing uh, is really being watched because of this uh, character named uh, Red Condor who shows up in at the end of um, the Year of the Villain uh, tie-ins for Nightwing, uh, and, and when Nightwing is a Talon, and uh, they, there's this organization who sees him and realizes, hey man, I think that's Nightwing. Uh, let's check on that, uh, even though he's, he's running around saying his, his name is Talon. Um, so then you get this backup story with Nightwing fighting these really, really heavily militarized guys going against this guy called Blockbuster, who, I don't know if we've talked about Blockbuster, I don't know if we've been doing the show quite that long but he showed up in uh in nightwing stories before he, he's kind of like uh kingpin except uh just uh 
really, really strong. Not that Kingpin's not strong. He's very strong as well. Um, but either way, he, he's a criminal lord uh, in, in Bloodhaven. And um, the Nightwing gets taken down by some of these, these highly militarized goons uh, with, with gas. And Red Condor saves him and extracts him back to uh, his headquarters. And uh, so Nightwing is given armor and shows up, uh, but not after uh, the uh, one doctor lady gives him a, a nice pat on his booty. I'll be showing that in one of the uh, live shows uh, on Wednesday nights from us. Uh, but um, the the armor gets used. Uh, he kicks some ass. It's it's pretty cut and dry. Fights Blockbuster. Uh, and then at the very, very end here... Um, they realize that Talon is is Nightwing, and um, then they just want to, you know, do what they can to sway him to their side later on. Uh, I just love that it's a backup story. It seems to be where the actual title is going to go. Um, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, you know, obviously, annuals are here to tell stories that aren't necessarily in continuity right now. Um, but they're a really cool look at a character's uh, life and battles outside of uh, story arcs. All right, now we have my second co-DC book of the week, uh, The Question, Deaths of Vic Sage, number three. Uh, I also gave this a four and a half out of five. Um, man, this, this story is just absolutely blowing my mind. Uh, first of all, like I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the cool covers and the exceptional art on the inside. Um, it's just, it's so cool to look at. It's very scratchy, gives it a very uh, like crime noir feel. Um, except it's, it seems like it's more than that because while while you get the detective element and the crime element, there's also a supernatural element here as well. And I think Jeff Lemire does a really good job of uh, you know just laying out the groundwork for this story uh, and making Vic uh, seem really, really good and also not great. Um, you know, shows his detective skills, but also shows he's a little bit out of his depth. He can't quite put the pieces together, and that's fun to see because you're putting the pieces together alongside him. Um, it, I just I just absolutely love the journeys through time um, and, you know, the deaths of Vic's age is exactly that. You know, the character dies and wakes up in a different point in time remembering everything that's happened so far um you know just absolutely crazy i can't wait to read uh book four which will be a final book i think in the series and then uh we will be talking about this on a future episode with uh with a guest i'm, I'm hoping uh probably sam from twisted cape as well but we'll see Moving on, Strange Adventures number two. I gave this a three and a half out of five. Um, this book largely centers on um, Mister Terrific. There are there are intercuts here of um, Adam Strange uh, and and his and his journey back on Ran, um, but his focus is on laying laying the groundwork of why. Batman asked Mr. Terrific to look into him. You see how brilliant he is. Uh, there's also a f cool fight. Uh, thanks, Mitch, uh, of Batman fighting uh, uh, the, the pig. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty fun. Uh, but there's there's such a cool imagery in here. Um, 
and you know mr terrific is so cool like how smart he is it's it, like sometimes i think that gets underrated by by people when they're writing um but the the cool thing here is um it looks like mr terrific knows that uh, adam strange has been keeping secrets telling tales and he looks like he's ready to uh to blow the, the hinges off this thing so it's kind of a backup tale almost but not exactly i really like the story next up we have superman number 22 um i gave this a two out of five um i just at times did not love the art in this book um i didn't really love the storytelling back and forth between superman fighting mongol and lois uh they kind of tried to make superman look like henry cavill at times with his body type they gave him a lot of body hair and stuff like that and that's just not not like generally the look that we get with superman which is strange um so i mean there's stuff with lois and i just don't don't love it <laughs> it's just not really a great story the the saving grace here is the fighting between uh superman and mongol because there are just some epic splashes here um that hopefully you know people get to see eventually i might use those as panels later on as well uh moving on to the next book we have wonder woman number 757 um not the airplane uh but there's uh there's some pretty cool stuff in here with uh donna troy and wonder woman fighting alongside the amazons um against the four horse women and uh they lay it down they lay it down real good and i loved it um i gave the book a three out of five uh because it like felt like they built so much on this and then it just kind of fizzled it didn't really go many many places until you know it didn't and then the phantom stranger shows up and now she has to battle at the gates of heaven um which just seems like a really weird turn like i don't know that i'd make that turn but the art in this book is just crisp pretty much all the time um great use of shadow wonder woman just phenomenal in this book but i mean again last last time last show uh, she was commanding the justice league and was so awesome uh that this book is a little bit of a of a cry away from that so uh we'll see and then finally here last book of the week young justice uh number 15 so this book basically serves to explain how and why superboy is forgotten and you know all all the the differences in the universe uh bart takes a lot of time to explain that additionally they they really go ahead and uh i guess officially sim pseudo efficiently uh form a young justice league uh which is pretty cool uh and then at the very very end of the book superboy talks to bart and says hey man what's going on i know you left holes in your story uh, also, why'd you get Young Justice back together? Uh, so we'll see where that goes. I gave that a three out of five. Um, good book, but you know we'll see. All right. So looking ahead to next week, I'm looking forward to reading from DC the Green Lantern 80th Anniversary Special. We get a whole bunch of these. Just had one for Joker, had one for Robin, so on and so forth. And then from Marvel, uh, for number five. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week. Of course. 
make sure you subscribe to the Twisted Cape on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we're at the Twisted Cape. No spaces on every social media platform. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, also, make sure you drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We love feedback. Make sure you tune in at 7.30 on Wednesdays to the Twisted Cape Live. Uh, we broadcast on Facebook, but you can probably get it anywhere we post the link, probably on Twitter, everything else. Uh, additionally, feel free to shoot us feedback on this show to the twistedcape.gmail.com and make sure you use the subject line MTS. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so until next time, it's a bad bitch contest. You in first place. Stay safe. Stay twisted. Fix that.